0: Welcome to Miniature Wargaming Labs, the podcast. Uh, this is Brian.
1: And this is James.
0: And today we have a couple topics that we're going over. Um, first off, we always talk about what we're hobbing on. Uh, so let's start with you, James. Uh, what have you been working on?
1: All right, so it's been two weeks since last we talked. And so you know Aaron makes three 3D, 3D printed terrain for me. Yes. and one of the things she put together is she remakes some guys uh terrain that she found uh on thingiverse and made like these little uh brownstones and we've talked about them before using an mcp she resized them and merged all the pieces to make it more usable for mcp and like um, street wars nyc all these different games so i've been painting them but i don't have an airbrush so i've been painting three brownstones consisting of three floors each with rooftops. And um, I'm almost, (laughs) it's a bigger job. I can understand now like terrain. People uh, get airbrushes because it is chewed up. Most of a bottle of paint. So I'll need to stop by, get some more Dumble Brown. Um, It takes, and it takes time. And the issue I have with it is um, I'm not doing a lot of washes. Uh, and that's normally how I get, like, character in the grimdark. Because I know I'd need, like, $80 wash to like, get it to look right. <laughs> and so, um, that, that is literally... You know, I feel bad. Last podcast, I had so much miniature stuff done. This one is like, okay, I'm halfway through <laughs> building a block for my games of Batman. Just a block. <laughs> not even, like, the streets or anything.
0: Well, see, when it comes to terrain, I feel that using the cheaper paints, maybe from uh, hobby stores, local, hopefully, um, you know, the big bottles, uh, if you get the artist paints, you water down a little bit, works just the same, stretches a lot further.
1: Well, I used so I was looking at it and like, let's do like a cost perspective. Cause I thought about South by the store, um, since this is 3D printed and I did like, uh, ask for like rough quality just so it could get done faster. And then got like a fillable primer. So it's a sandable fillable primer that fill Mm -hmm. in those groove lines. That way, you know, five bucks, I can cut my print time in half, five bucks I can fill in these print lines. But then I thought, no, I've got a bunch of bottles of Dumble Brown because in like most of the Games Workshop painting kits, they always throw in that as their brown color. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, let me use this up. because my other thought was like, well, I could stop by you guys and get like um, the 20 bucks or whatever for like the brown that uh, Army Painter has. It's, yeah, $15. 15 And like, like oh, how long could this possibly take? <laughs> apparently, a it's up.
0: pretty <laughs> decent. Um, but I mean, I did six buildings. Um, it was those. Laketown buildings from Games Workshop
1: Oh for their um, I did six uh-huh. of
0: those and it took up almost a full can of the Army painter Brown to just cover each of them in the base coat so yeah I would rather go with the five dollars to do that instead of the 15 <laughs> but those fifteen dollars covers a lot more miniatures in a thinner layer than you can get out of the five dollar ones so. I mean, each, you know, they each have their own use.
1: Yeah. What have you been working on?
0: I have been working on some terrain um, for Frostgrave. Or, sorry, Stargrave. Because, you know, Frostgrave is old news. Now it's all about Stargrave. Um, So I wanted to get some of my Infinity terrain up and going. And so I could put it with my... uh, other terrain stuff, so I have, you know, all the little bits and stuff that makes the table look really good. So, you know, objectives and stuff like that. So just been doing little terrain stuff here and there, um, just getting ready for some futuristic treasure napping. So,
1: you know, well, since you brought up Infinity, we'll talk about this later in the product spotlight, but the uh, new tag based game that they're coming out with yes Uh, yeah so i I should mention that since i've knocked out this terrain and the only reason i'm painting the terrain is that um it's the one thing i don't like to paint and right now i'm trying to get all like the half done projects done so they can get put away because when they're half done they're out where you know people can see them and make comments to me about how they can see my garbage everywhere (laughs) um so i'm trying to get all the half done stuff done but i was looking at like um well, with Infinity and with the tag game coming out, it's like, um, you know what? I think contrary to Infinity, this is just going to be the Grimdark Infinity terrain. There's going to be a lot of Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, What's the uh, one uh, manga? Uh, Iron Blood Orphans? It's going to be Iron Blood Orphans themed terrain. (laughs) There's just going to be crappy parts of Mars. (laughs) Well, see, that's
0: I'm kind of glad I didn't sell off all of my infinity stuff when I was purging my infinity. I mean, I had five armies. Um, So um, because now that, you know, now that I know what I have, it's great for a bunch of games coming out. The new tag game from Corvus Belly in the infinity world. Um, Of course, Frostgrave. The tags are amazing for uh, Ash Barker's game gamma wolves
1: yeah i was thinking that
0: yeah and there's i mean i'm getting so much use out of them and you know it was hard to get rid of all the ones that i did but there comes a point when you know you just have too much but we'll talk about that later um we have a product spotlight
1: yes Um, I, I was wondering if we would just roll into the main line here, but yes, the no, we just little you know little teaser. A little here. teaser about <laughs> what we <we're> will talk about <laughs> in the main part. But I think this plays into it too. So we since we did the podcast, we've been talking about Pariah nexus because Kill Team is uh we both played Kill Team and it's an easy game to get into models wise. Yes. Um so Pariah Nexus, they made a big deal about, and I got Pariah Nexus and done a review for the YouTube channel on what the thoughts of the Pariah Nexus. And I'll share you the share those thoughts with you now. Um, not for everybody. And I would have to say it is the one of the best examples of ice I've seen of where eBay could only make this box better because this box was designed for a very limited audience. Like um, there was something there for space Marine players, something there for Necron players and something there for kill team players. Now, however, they took those three different markets and poured it into one box (laughs) and said, good luck. And not that well, Um, but you know, it's not even a balanced game. You don't, it, it would have made sense to me because I don't have a problem with the game of commanders. Like I think commanders is more interesting than regular kill team just because it's, but I like Necromunda. So, like, the games get wilder when yes. you have, like, these super powered uh, demigods battling each other. But you're going up against um, the little necrons that like to cut off people's skin and, like, wear them as suits. So, you got, like, the yes. wild bill necrons there <laughs> versus, like, the space marines that are really shooty. And even with the commanders thrown in there, I think even, like, 200 point games, it's not an even match. No, I mean, so, even
0: any commander matches weren't very well balanced. I find the commander addition to Kill Team to be very to be the least well thought out and balanced portion of Kill Team. And usually if I'm playing I'll play with every other book except for commanders because I feel commander games are more they're lacking something. And I think that something is balance.
1: I think the problem was, is that they released them backwards. It should have been Kill Team, Elites, and then Commanders. Because when we play Commanders, it's like, okay, this is fun. But I mean, it's just craziness. Once the Elites book came out, then you saw like, okay, with the option in the Elites book, the Commanders actually make more sense. Because there's certain characters in the Elites that you could put with a Commander... Because before it was just regular guys and the commander. And so there's like the mismatches were the figures and the powers and the auras from the elites. Mm-hmm. So like um, the Tau commanders didn't make sense until you got like the elites book and got some like power suits in there. It's like, okay, now, now it makes sense. So it's like it's something I wish they bill they built up. Um, because in essence, since they released elites after commanders, it basically killed commanders because people, the first impression of commanders is the one that's stuck of commanders is stupid. So they throw it exactly. away. And of course, since commanders is stupid, but they keep on trying to push commanders. You get boxes like Pariah Nexus of where two commanders and here's some little dudes to go in there. And, you know, I've, I've gone on eBay and seen like, the Space Marine players want the Space Marine guys, the Necron players want the Necron guys. You can get the Kill Team stuff out of that box for dirt cheap. Um, and it's like, you know, going through that box, it's like, you know what, just buy the Kill Team board and the rule book out there. Because this, you know, at least like the previous expansions that fit like this, not the starter boxes, but the expansions mm-hmm. like Arena and um, Rogue Trader. Um, Arena was understood this is gonna be the tournament. Which no yes. one actually really used in tournaments. No. <laughs> I never saw it. Nova. I think a couple of people played it. But Arena, Rogue Trader, and Pride Nexus have pushed this, what Necromunda calls Zone Mortalis. So, close, confined spaces, up tight with each other, um, shoot them up games. And, you know, bent walls affect auras. Okay. Those have never been popular um, with the kilting community. But at least Rogue Trader, you got some really wild and unique. Figures that you can't get anywhere else. For the Pride Nexus, we know these models are going to come out in a couple months. So there's like no advantage to buying pride Nexus unless you I happen to have the Indominus box set in the Commander Edition. So it's like, okay, I can grow my Necron space marines. I like Kill Team. Okay, this box makes sense for five percent of the the kill team players out there.
0: So what I would compare it to is Speed Freaks is the first thing that comes to my mind. Speed Freaks was
1: not
0: a good game. It was there to sell the models with very minimal terrain. Later on, they never made or supported anything from Speed Freaks. There's been no additional anything uh, except for what came out. Uh, And the miniatures came out and I feel it was, it was the same thing. It felt like the same thing from Pariah Nexus, although they were made a little more focused and put it towards a game that was already being supported and played instead of introducing a new game that, you know, nobody played.
1: <laughs> That's, um, you know, out of their box games, it's interesting to see like some, they push hard like Blackstone Fortress. And others, it's like, hey, here's Speed Freaks. Buy buy our models. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's Pariah Nexus. We've put some stuff in there. The the thing I like about it is when I got those rules, it made the Warcry. So like when Warcry Catacombs came out, um, which is basically the Warcry enclosed tight spaces, the Zone Mortalis approach. And I thought, well, hey, I'll just get that box. I can use it for Necromunda, like the little catacombs board. And it's like, no, I'm not paying 200 bucks for a war cry box. I'm sorry, it's not that important to me. But they had just the Warcry cry boards that came out, yes. And so we won't say which stores, but a lot of stores realized that all the war cry players, war cry players who wanted that box or wanted the boards, have bought them. So Etten put them up on discount. And with Pariah Nexus coming out and rules for enclosed spaces, like okay, I'm going to get the war cry catacomb boards to play with. Uh, the the new pariah nexus enclosed yep. rules and there. then you have an extra Especially on discount because you yep. guys were like deeply discounted that because you knew no one wanted them and um with combat no patrol and we, I, I tell you what when we can get back to gaming we're going to play combat patrol on the uh, tiny pariah nexus boards it was like yeah fit, fit your dreadnought in there
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then you know i'll put my 40 orcs in there and no,
1: we'll have some fun. <laughs> well, you, you know, it. Uh, but one thing I can say about with the, um, put two Paria nexus boards together, play Combat Patrol. Um, so regular Warhammer 40k on that tight and closed space. I am looking forward to that. Tau uh, Breachers versus Orcs. Like, there's a lot of you, but my little Tau shotguns Um, really really good so i'll sit back and wait for you guys to come around the corner and hope that i can shotgun all of you down (laughs) (laughs) before you get too close but you know cans and little fly robot gundams aren't going to help you in this one
0: no not at all but it'll be cool so yeah uh i think that brings us to what we are saying about pride nexus
1: is we both Skipped it. Well, I mean, I got it. Yeah, you got but it. I mean... I would advise other well, people it would to skip be, it. You,
0: you rate it as a
1: skip. Yes. Buy the, buy the PC you want on eBay.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I totally had no interest in Pariah Nexus at all. It's two factions that I don't play or are very interested in. Uh, it was a thing just there to sell models before they sold the models. Um I think they have a cardboard quota that they have to meet. So they come out with these games to sell extra cardboard and the plastic is just secondary because they're going to release the plastic in the future. So although it added some things I just don't think it was one of those must
1: grabs. So I think the the term there is like um, there are several companies that do the money grab of here's a box for the money grab and when do you get sick of it so uh, i think the the topic here is when do you know when, when do you know when to quit yeah uh, when is too much life. too much and you had a particular um, example and cuz this is a game i got into because you said you were going to get into it
0: yes uh, well i got into it and then you got into it i got you into it and then i left
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so um Back early last year, um, a friend of mine dropped off a large lot of games to be sold off. Um, Included in there was uh, Song of Ice and Fire, which I already played, and it turns out it was the same army that I sold to a friend, and he sold it, and it came right back to me. Um, So now in possession of that, again, uh, there was X-Wing, which... I have no interest in playing. Um,
1: And I already have all the ships that I want, so...
0: Exactly. There was Armada, which, again, have... I might take some of those ships for a billion suns, maybe. Still haven't decided. Um, And Fallout, Wasteland Warfare. This one I was a little more excited about because I was thinking about getting in. I played it once before. And... I really like the Fallout universe. I've played all the games and you know, like really have dug into the the lore and everything, so it was really cool. And so I got another faction added to the box, you know, got a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, you know, pandemic happened, it got put on a shelf, and you know, a year went by. And somebody was looking for it at the store. And I made a decision to let it go. They bought it from me. And without me even touching anything in the box, a game came into my life and then left my life. And, you know, I I do have a lot of games that I haven't played yet um, because of this last year and everything. But this is the one that was just, just didn't make the cut for me. Now, there's, there's several reasons why I did this. Is So, one, I'm trying to stay away from intellectual property games. And I already have, that would, this would have been my third IP game. So I have Song of Ice and Fire and Marvel Crisis Protocol. Now, I don't see anything wrong with these games, but I like indie, more indie games. So although I do support and like the games of uh, IP products, I just don't jump at them as much as I do other ones. So seeing the possibility to get out of a game that didn't interest me as much as, say, Gamma Wolves or Stargrave, which would fit on my shelf a lot better than this did, I decided to let it go.
1: You know that that's an interesting choice because I was I was thinking about that, um, and so the issue with Fallout is it's in the what thirty two millimeter format. Yes. Okay. Um, now the reason I stuck I'm sticking with it is that I don't have to ever play a game of Fallout because I have Reality's Edge, hardwired. Um, gonna wait for the cyberpunk red miniatures. so i have all these games that are um either cyberpunk or post-apocalyptic and i like these miniatures in 32 millimeters so the cyberpunk red miniatures batman fallout so i have i don't i can play batman with these guys um i just swap out the cards i can play cyberpunk red these other games um now my issue with fallout is that Fallout tends to think that it's marvel uh, marvel i i mean they pick the 40 millimeter scale so you can't really use their stuff any anywhere but they are marvel i mean they make they make movies that make money now fallout i'm sure is a very lovely game i never played the computer game and the miniatures are very nice but they're charging like um star Wars. they're charging disney property <laughs> prices yes. for your little it's like um it's like i'll I'll be slow in acquiring new ones that's one of those games it's like i'll finish all my fallout before i buy the next box of fallout to add to this yes so it's like i it's the miniatures i want out of the sets now i could play fallout someday maybe maybe or not but it's the miniatures that i want from the set i might not be happy about the 10 dollars per miniature price A lot of them come with which is like that's Games Workshop prices. Like, you're not Games games Workshop, workshop. I can go anywhere in the country and play a game. Uh, Warhammer 40k, yep, not so much Fallout,
0: yes. And now I did keep one miniature because it could fit in a lot of other games. It was the mysterious stranger, Um, the alien. No, it was not the alien. <laughs> okay, But the mysterious stranger in the game, uh, it's a perk, and if you're like, every once in a while in a random, at a random time, he shows up and just shoots one of your enemies,
1: and oh, okay. then just
0: disappears. Um, So I, get, I got that miniature of him, because he's just like, you know, he has just a long coat on with like a fedora. I know and, the one you're
1: talking about. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a
0: pistol, and it's just like, that's, you know, that could be used in anything and it really fits anything from like 1920s to future so it's it's perfect uh so that's that's definitely like the models are good and i don't have anything wrong with the models because the model the models are amazing other than the price they're a little bit expensive but of course it's modifius and bethesda and if you know anything about those two businesses you you put them together you get high price points
1: (laughs) um well you know let's so this is something we talked about like um, in the previous podcast with Bob, but it's like when to know to get out of a game line, like um, that sunk cost syndrome. Like you don't want to get caught into a Vietnam quagmire of like, well, I've already bought in. Let me just keep buying in. You got to know when to cut bait. You didn't actually get that deep into fallout. And I haven't, and I have to admit, I haven't bought any of my fallout models. The starter box, the only box I have at them was a gift. So I haven't put any money into this. It's just taking up space, but I like the miniatures for other stuff, but there's other games that will start, you know, we talked about this like Necromunda and like games workshop. They're good at this about drawing you in and getting like a subscription price out of you basically of like, and that's what Pariah Nexus is. It's a tax on kill team players. Like, do you, do you think you're a real kill team player? Do you have every box? (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> so
0: it speaking of like those boxes, um yeah you're you're exactly right. It's just like before a lot of things the same with uh Warcry. I was buying everything for Warcry until their last release, which was five five books and, you know, the box and everything, it was just so much at once that I couldn't feasibly do it, even though I have 10 different factions for Warcry. I have all the other books. I have I bought every other box. I have the terrain boxes. I, you know, I, bought, I have a lot of money sunk into Warcry and they drop a huge thing. And in order for me to update everything that I have, I would need to buy pretty much everything. Kind of priced me out. So I decided on two of the books, the main book and then the death book, because I have all the death factions and nothing else. And, you know, you, got, you have to really make your decision. Uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about in a past episode about like money and time uh you know everything every decision equals those two things uh and they go back to those two things so you know you got to figure out where your limits are and there are limits to
1: games there has to be you know i think i think the big issue though is like you can look at fallout and it's like you know it's not a prime core game to me and fallout modiphius releases sets of um They've been really pushing Brotherhood of Steel in that one lately, coming out with new sets. And you know they can do that all day long. I don't feel bad about it. Games Workshop can do that all day long. I don't feel bad about it, but it's Games Workshop. Uh, um, it's Games Workshop. So it's like, I, I understand. I, I accept behavior out of Games Workshop. I wouldn't accept out of other gaming companies of feeling like, well, there's, there's Games Workshop again, another money grab. yep. (laughs) Um, but there's other companies that do it and it just angers me and so I think the example for me now is um, Oathmark and I think the problem the issue is is that we're in in, um, a pandemic environment of where you can't play I've pretty much given up on buying rule books I'll buy miniatures because no matter what, at the end of this, the miniatures are still good. I can play with them. But, you know, this could stretch on long enough that, like, in the games workshop cycle, like, the rule books aren't even going to be good by the time you actually get an opportunity to play with them. So I took a pass, like, on all the Warcry. Um, I don't have a problem with the Necromunda books because they don't update crap in that game. They just... Yeah. You know, that's what Aradas are for, go online. I, I don't think they have the time to really think about how to squeeze you really hard on there, but like the Warcry, the five book drop from all the different factions there, it retconned stuff from older books. Like yes. Necromunda doesn't do that. Like um, they kind of like the first gang war books, but they actually gave you all the updates. So like if you bought the original four gang war books, they gave an errata of how, how to make those rules compatible to like the hardback books that came out later. So it's like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm still gonna buy the hardback books, but I don't have to if I don't want to. Like Swordpoint um, from Gripping Beast, when it went from 1.0 to 2.0, they said, oh, if you buy the 1.0 book, just look at the errata sheet. That'll make it a 2.0 book. So I did you can't feel bad about that. You're not nope. making me buy. Now, Oathmark, they have been pushing that quarterly release of books and it's like I haven't even gotten a game in and they've already got like the fourth book planned and Frostgrave has been out longer and it's like did you forget about Frostgrave Um, because we only had like Red King come out now I can't play any games uh, Frostgrave so I don't I don't care but I think the one that got me about Oathmark was that you have the core rule book then you have um, Battlesworn and um, Oathbreakers come out and basically, do Battlesborn was do you want to add engineers and elite veteran campaigners to your games? Okay, that makes a nice little supplement. You can bolt that on. Oathbreakers, do you want to add undead to your games? Okay, sure. We'll get some liches and some vampire accounts, Whatever. That yep. sounds cool. This one they've got coming out, and I just saw it on like, you know, what they're going to make three months out, and it was, um, hey, we're going to introduce different formation sizes like so triangles and like different block formations into it and it's like you know what that is kind of like a core fun and skirmish formations so we're going to break the formation have little skirmishers and to me it's like that is a core it seems like something that's core to the game Mm -hmm. because if I drop into a store as I am wanted to and I pull out my base level book and my Mm -hmm. army of dwarves and say let's play are you going to pull out like well here's my skirmishers and like what the hell are you doing a skirmish formation what what are you talking about yeah. at least if you buy like well i'm playing undead well i'm trained by games workshop to recognize that there's certain codexes i'm not going to buy so i'm not going to buy um the death um codex so if you have little death figures that can go around and cast stuff i don't know about that's fine but something like a basic formation like a skirmish formation that feels like something that that's core to the game mm-hmm. and someone's gonna you could run into a situation where someone's gonna get upset at the store either you show up and say well i want to play skirmishers I'm like i have no idea how your basic formation rules work um or if you bring in your skirmishers and say look i'm not going to play skirmishers and like you built and based your army around playing skirmishers or we're gonna say okay play your skirmishers and then i find out you cheated me on skirmishers because i don't know your rules it's just like did you not foresee that happening it seems like with that book you don't care you knew osprey games you knew you were going to release that book don't tell me that you don't have two years of books planned out or that yes. line, and you knew you were gonna make that decision. And that's what was supposed to set Oathmark apart from Kings of War, or if you wanna to go to the old battle system games or any of the other rank and flank, was that it had a basic two rank formation and we were gonna play Pac-Man with them with our little formations gobbling each other up. So I know that that one, I just saw that and it's like, you know, I haven't even played this game and you're playing with the full fundamental core mechanics which are now going to be spread over multiple books. So now i got to bring multiple books with me or I've got to buy the PDFs too. So it's like, you know what, that, that made me mad. But then they yeah. gave the halfling, halfling rules away for free. Yeah. Like, it's going like,
0: to the point where you like, you know, if a game like it needs like three books to play and it's like, that, that's a 40 K game. You need six books to play. And 40 K has, you know, they have their own thing going on. And it's one of the longest running games, uh, so they kind of can get away with it but other smaller games like that like even like look at frostgrave you only need one book there's 30 other books but they're all mostly campaigns there's just extra stuff in there but if you just want to play a basic game you only need one book
1: yeah and but you know it, it felt like with frostgrave when they do expansions they're not modifying the core no Um, functionality kind of like this new book from Oathmark. it's what is it something kings i can't remember it
0: yeah i'm not Um, sure
1: yeah so it's like well i'm going to add skirmishers you know if it was something like hey you know what we're going to play we're going to invade the halfling lands and the halflings have skirmishers because they'll shoot at you from trees so it's kind of like the osprey games has like bolt action of where you have theater guides of where you're going to say, well, I'm going to play like these Pacific Islands or I'm going to play North Africa. And, you know, this skirmish formation is only going to exist if you and both players decide that you're going to play in North Africa. It's not part of the core game. So it's something like, hey, let's go invade the Halfling Shires um, and there would be skirmishers in that, but the core game remains untouched. Yes. I think I'd probably been cooler with that. It's like, okay, well, that makes sense. It's part of like, this campaign like uh red king like okay we're gonna go do this now um and everyone who shows up and says hey we're doing red king like we had that social contract that's gonna happen um but the more stuff you bolt on you know um mistakes can happen in rules so you know you're gonna have to deal with that and it just feels like i don't know i feel like You knew this was going to happen. It's not like Oathmark's been out for three years and people are bored with it and you need to find a way to shake it up. It's like, no one has really even played this game. Yeah, no, I
0: don't. There's very small population of people that have actually played that game. So the fact that they're still pumping out books for it shows that, you know, most of this was made before people started playing and coming up with, you know, Saying, hey, this is what would be cool to add to this game. This is this is what's missing. And this would be, you know, this kind of expansion would be here. So I mean like something like that, it feels like they could have all released it in a bigger book. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of, it has that DLC video game kind of feel.
1: You, you know, I, I think if they'd done like Kings of War, because like, well, why not play Kings of War? I buy one book. That's and so it. when I say my dwarf army, I'm talking like my, you know, uh, Warhammer fantasy battles, like fifth edition dwarves. It's like, well, I can buy Kings of War. Yeah. Pop that in there. It's like, if Oathmark had like all three of these, well, four books pumped into one book and it was $50 for that one giant book. i would be like, sure. No problem. Oh Yeah. But it's like, you're broken into four books. You're, you're, pumping me for like th- 25 to 30 bucks a book. And it's like, you know, why, why am I doing this for a game? I haven't even got a chance to play. And it's like, um, I think that's why i really slowed down on buying rule books. It's like, you know, when I get, when I'm able to leave the house again, except for like, you know, work and food and I've got to work more. So, um, it's like why, why am I buying rule books? I don't even know if this is going to be a sustained game. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I know, I know Osprey's got to make their numbers. And I know this pandemic wasn't in their plan, but it's like, I don't have to be a part of your plan. It's my money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the capitalist yes, society, I'll exactly, vote with my wallet. You know, we're, we're consumers and we can choose not to consume your thing.
1: <laughs> so I, I think, uh, you know, but also how do you exit? So like I could exit fallout and say, you know what? Um, I'll just put this one box of all the little, Tokens and coupons and put it on the shelf for some future day, but the miniatures still of value to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: for you, Fallout, the miniatures weren't of value. Nothing about the game had value once you decided to punch out. Nope. All right, but I think the difference between your collections, my collection is like, I mean, I still keep some of my old D and D Second Edition books and magazines around, but I'm not an RPGer and I'm not a collectible card gamer. You are. So you've got that three games fighting for your shelf space.
0: Exactly. And I I just bought a new shelf. Um, This past two years, I have really, really expanded my RPG collection and have forced my miniature games to, you know, stick to one shelf. So that's also the thing is like, I, not just a miniature game player, I play other games. And so I also have to think about the room that I use for all of that. And I also upped to my magic game collection. So now I have to have room for bulk cards because not only am I a player, if I was a player, that'd be different, but I'm a seller as well. So now I got to keep bulk cards in my place in the area that I kept my miniature games. So now I have to, you know, reduce how much miniatures i have but you know it's just a balance of size of collection and you know if i had a bigger room and you know more space to do stuff like that it would be a different story of course i'd be getting more shelves and everything like that but you know space is a huge constraint on a lot of things and i think that also has Way on decisions for people that are like me that you know have different collections that take up different sizes of room and space and a limited amount of space to put things so now there's a lot of factors that went into me jumping out of a game uh, and what will make me jump out of another game so you know those are all factors that people deal with from day to day when they think is this game worth it and what makes this game exciting to me Um, and goes to choosing new games as well so you know it's good things to think about when picking a game is how long how much space is going to take up how much money you're going to be putting into it and if those returns are worth it
1: yeah, well, I think like um, so, adding hardwired or this new cyberpunk red skirmish game is not an issue to me because it's going to be two books because I already had all the miniatures out there. So adding so SPQR revised edition, I um, already had all the miniatures, so I just need the new book. So we'll swap the books out. Adding infamy, infamy it's the same time period as SPQR. So it's just like, okay, I'll slide that book on the shelf. So it's like, once you build around some core set of miniatures there at that point, you're just swapping books in and out. So, but I have to admit like liquidating the miniatures, that's a tough one there. Now you have the advantage of that. You're uh, a reseller. So like, yes, for you bringing miniatures in and pushing them out, there's no real, uh, Opportunity cost or monetary cost it is just, Not
0: really you mean, basically It's not held just that I'm, I'm a reseller That works at a game store
1: Yeah so if they The store doesn't have anything It's like hey buddy you. Want
0: yeah, to yeah. Pull, I don't, I don't have to go find them? my clientele They come to me
1: yeah, You're not paying eBay fees or shipping It's like nope. no company. <laughs> I'm direct
0: to consumer
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> No middle people um, yeah. So I think that kind of wraps it up for this discussion
1: um well, i'm sure we can go course. on and out and go like oh we can't of course and, like,
0: um but then we start getting stupid. into other topics that we've already talked about yeah. Time, Money, you know it, it's it all ties into this it's like getting into a game and leaving a game have a lot of the same factors that go into them
1: well i, um, I think um when i last episode we i talked to bob and i so i knew we were going to talk about this i asked him since he's been playing for like 40 years like when do you know to exit because when the game stops making you happy so it's like the Netflix what was that uh lady you come in and organize your house does this spark joy for you like, no. <laughs> yes uh, it's like, no fallout doesn't spark joy get rid of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> toss it out <laughs> so looking to the future um, what do you see in the horizon
1: so that I you're think, excited about so I think um talked about uh previously we talked about Pride Nexus so I got that and the other things talked about in future episode, in past episodes was Piety and Pain because it's a box set that's coming out It has the Drukari and like the Sisters of Battle and, like, I, I yeah I'm well
0: versed with what that book is yeah, it's kind and, of a sore subject for me right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking at it I like no I think I'm going to have to pass on the Piety and Pain because they're coming out with more Necromunda stuff and so, you know, I put it on that balance of how important it is to me, you know, money, and I got to store it. And it's like, well, the Necromunda guy is like, you know, I've been looking to buy those Forge World Ultimate Arm Weapon Loadouts. And it's like, so I can get that new Hive War starter box and get like the Delac and the um, Escher and like load them out with like different weapon options. So it's like, you know, instead of starting newer factions of like kilting with... Um, Piety and Pain. I'm just going to keep going with Necromunda, and you know, honestly, I was impressed by the Drukari Combat Patrol box that came out. So it's a very if, good box. Yeah. So I think if I was starting now, I would buy the Drukari Combat Patrol and the Piety and Pain box because the Piety and Pain box kind of reminds me of the logic of Pariah Nexus, of where to play the game that it's meant for. It's they're not actually good core forces. The Dracari Combat Patrol box, that one actually tempted me, and that came out of nowhere, because, like, that is actually a good core force for Combat Patrol there. The Piety and Pain box, neither one of those are good core forces, so it's like... I
0: think those are more aimed at people that are, have already been playing those factions.
1: Yeah, yeah, so they're add-ons. They're your elite's add-ons to it it's like well I'll, since i don't have any right now i'm not going to buy this box to add on to it because what will happen is i'll buy that box and say you know what i need sisters of battle and Drukari core forces and then i've got like eight inches more plastic i gotta process through and i'm like five hundred dollars in the whole so you know what let me just stay away from that fighting paint box and let me look forward to the new uh necromunda stuff that's coming out stick with the, the classics there and then necromunda stuff that's going to be good for stargrave i was looking at it oh like, yes you know, uh, yeah so what are yeah, you looking um, forward to uh, there brian what's
0: well i'm certainly not looking forward to piety and pain which came out today and if you're privy to what's going on with games workshops if you've ordered it you probably got a call from your distributor from your store um, there was a bad distribution of them, and some uh, all stores got very limited amounts. And some stores didn't get any at all. Did you get any? Uh, we got zero. <laughs> oh,
1: geez. Out of the 10 <laughs> I
0: ordered, I got zero. So that's why I'm not looking forward to Piety and Pain, because <laughs> I'm not getting any, and I have disappointed uh, Customers, so but what I am looking forward to, and I hope there is no issues with getting this to the store, is the new orcs models. They're orcs with a grot, and they're riding a horse size. What are they called? Squig. They're riding a horse size squig. Amazing. Uh, it, yeah, isn't
1: that just Age of Sigmar? With guys? It, okay, yes, yeah.
0: it, it's the. It, it would look it looks more at home in an Aegis Sigmar box than it does an orcs box because the only person with a gun is the grot. You <laughs> clip off the grot, you have a you have an orc riding a squig that looks very much like a AOS model. So yes, I'm not excited well, that you know it's just plain can cavalry.
1: I, can I take my but moon it's clan orc cavalry. And, can I take my moon clan and just stick them in games of forty uh, K now? And like I mean,
0: I have a couple models from AOS that I use as orc models. They're pretty you know, much the same.
1: You know, the, we know Games Workshop is unique in that it takes Design the model first. We'll find games and rules for it later. Yes. And so we're now. I think since they've moved to 3D modeling, we're now actually starting to see like everything their designers are coming up with. Because when Warcry came out, and they had like the six original Warcry only specific um, gangs for that, like the guys wearing bird feathers and the people who cut off yeah. their arms and blend spikes. So I made a comment that it's like you know, these are very Necromunda themed in their look. And I looked at them for like, could you put these in Necromunda? And he's like, the only difference between like the Necromunda models and the Warcry models is that, you know, shoes and guns. Like the Warcry guys aren't wearing shoes and they're not carrying guns. But basically yeah. they're like similar. So it's like the Moon Clan gets, and now these Ryan squigs, you know, you don't have pointy hats and cloaks, you know, 40,000 years into the future. <laughs> yeah, so-
0: exactly. And it's, you know... I would have liked like bikes, new bikes and bike units.
1: But Orc Calvary is something new. It it is that. <laughs> it's one was like, it's different. It's what <laughs> I
0: wanted is new orc miniatures. It's not, you know, the the specifics are a little muddled, but you know, I got <laughs> what I wanted, new orc models. So, you know, I can't be too upset. I did ask for it, and they did. Re- they did reciprocate. So,
1: you know, so, I, I should have mentioned this. So, I saw you guys, and a lot of stores got this in, and I wasn't expecting it. But you know, before they had the doggies and dungeons and cats and catacombs, and now they've released more models along that line. So, yes. like doggies and dungeons, cats and catacombs. Like, okay, isn't that funny? And he's like, you know, we should do Frostgrave, cats versus dogs. The new sets they come out with now where they have like um, the The undead undead cats cats. and the rats and like all those models, it's like it moves that, you know, the Frostgrave thing from being a joke to being real. Because like, yeah, well now I have the monsters for the games of Frostgrave. So, I, you know, it's one of those things like I always say before you get into a game, wait for three expansions in before you start buying, you know, it makes sense. Like uh, the Necromastiff. Um, yes. Like, <laughs> you know what? That Those sets now make sense with like the little monsters there. Oh, so 100%. That, that, intrigued, that intrigued me. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I'm definitely getting all of those packs. Uh, well, mostly the cats and the the enemies because now I have the uh the cat Necromancer, and the Necromastiff. Uh, so, you know couple evil necromancers you're fighting against with zombie cats and skeletal cats and rats and everything. Uh, it's you know, it's
1: well you can now play Red King, but all yes. cat and dog themed.
0: <laughs> yes. And I think I will.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I I think you'd say um oh Kickstarter update. So I backed like uh Gaddis Gaming like uh, last year. Yes. Um, apparently they get raw materials from Texas. Oh, so, okay. Uh, given the big freezes there, I can expect my uh, Empire Falls box set to be late. Later. Yes. So, <laughs>
0: Very much so. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, like, oh, well. <laughs> wait, yeah, we'll, wait get eventually, hopefully. we'll wait for Hopefully, We'll wait for the Necromunda stuff to come out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: cool. Um. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. What do you say? I'm spent. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been war Wargaming Labs. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm James.
0: And we'll catch you next time.